You're listening to Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions in 10 minutes or less. Today's question reads, hi, Pastor Easley and Hannah. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, (laughs) If Satan was cast out of heaven, can we, being believers after death and during our eternal lives in heaven, also be cast out of heaven. If we struggle with pride, selfishness, and greed now, what's to say we are or aren't going to be capable of falling like Satan? Well, first of all, let me say, should we transition this to ask Dr. Seymour (laughs) going forward when you get your next degree? Um, Okay. First of all, this is an interesting question. I love. I lo- actually, yeah. I was like, I yeah. used to think about this a lot. Actually, how, really? how do I know I won't sin in heaven? Like, how does sin? Anyway, interesting. So, yeah. Well, let's talk about what is going on. First of all, Michael the Archangel has this war with the dragon. You know, it's this great. It's Revelation chapter twelve, and this is where one time the phrase is used about being cast out of heaven. The mm. great dragon is thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil. So, this is an angelic realm that we will never comprehend this side of heaven. There are angels, principalities, authorities, and dominions and rulers that Paul talks about Mm -hmm. that are, I wave my hands like the atmosphere. There's Mm -hmm. somewhere out there. Mm -hmm. Frank Peretti, if you read his books, you know, love him or hate him, I tend to think it was more fanciful fiction than true theologically, but he talks about the spiritual warfare that we don't see Mm -hmm. and that when we pray, you know, God's armies win, Mm -hmm. we don't say an armies lose. Mm -hmm. I like Frank, but it's a little goofy. We don't know. We don't know about the angelic realm. What we do know is there was a time when Satan was the greatest of all angels. Mm -hmm. It's debated today, but we have Isaiah 28 and Ezekiel 14. I always get those backwards. It might be Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14. So you have to look we'll it fix it in the show we'll, notes. <laughs> uh, um, in there, we have the, I will ascend to heaven. I will be like the most yeah. pride. So we call that the I wills of Satan. Mm-hmm. And it was a sin of pride. Mm-hmm. And so God cast him and his minions down. Mm-hmm. We don't know numerically. I don't think we're meant to know. But let's just say there are a whole lot of them, mm-hmm. maybe millions mm-hmm. of, of angelic creatures. Angels are weird and wonderful. Because they work at God's dispensing. I had one professor said the angels keep the planets in orbit. Hmm. Now, you know, it's intriguing. I don't, can't find it in the Bible. Right. I think Christ spoke it into existence. Yeah. That's enough for me. Right. But, you know, if he uses angels to do it, that's okay. Um, <laughs> salvation for the believer in Jesus Christ, if it is not complete, what's the point? Okay. When you trusted Christ, when you believed that he lived, that he died, that he was buried, mm-hmm. that he came back from the dead. Mm-hmm. You're placing your trust in Jesus Christ to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Mm-hmm. This is a conundrum from works-based orientation, which I maintain we're all hardwired. I got to do something. Mm-hmm. I got to ensure it. My dear, dear, wonderful, precious mom who would give you the arm off her body if she could with clutched rosary, white knuckles, mm-hmm. mom, why do you do this? Why do you pray these prayers? I know Jesus died for my sin, but I have to atone for them. Mm-hmm. Mom, what did Jesus do on the cross if he didn't pay for all your sins? Mm-hmm. I know, but I have to do my part. Mm-hmm. That's not the gospel. If Christ's work is not sufficient, why did he die? Right. Or he would have died and said, you got to keep this part of the law. Right. 
Okay, so we call this Arminianism. Mm -hmm. Catholics, some Wesleyan churches, Church of Christ perhaps. I don't want to be unkind, but just to be truthful, a lot of the charismatic churches, the assemblies churches are Armenian. You can lose your salvation. Yeah. Now, that keeps a hold on people. Yeah. I'm guilty. I'm ashamed. Yeah. Anyone with a conscience yeah. knows they're going to sin yeah. all the time. Oh, I got to go back to church. This is why I joked. Uh, just this week, I talked to a Baptist friend of mine. I said, you know, I, I went to the Baptist church. I could never be a Baptist. He goes, why? Every Sunday, I'd have to walk the aisle. Because <laughs> a, good, a good altar call, I'm guilty for something. Right, Maybe I right. didn't do it right. I'm going right. to walk again just to be sure. Right. Not to be pejorative, but that's Arminianism. You never know. Hmm. John Hanna would say, Armenian, on a good day, maybe I'm going to heaven. On a bad day, not so much. (laughs) It was a terrible way to live. Christ's atoning work had to be completely sufficient Mm -hmm. for all who come to trust in Mm -hmm. Christ and Christ alone for their salvation, or Christ's death was a travesty. So if you've trusted Christ, you're secure, and then you need to study the New Testament John chapter 10, Ephesians chapter 2. You need to spend some time understanding you are sealed. Uh, Sphragizo is the Greek word in Ephesians chapter 1. Read that chapter over and over again. Your salvation is secured in what Jesus has done for you, not what you do for him. Mm-hmm. Then the question becomes, what do we do? And that's Ephesians 2.10. You were create uh, good works yeah. that were created beforehand that we should walk, walk in, in them. And the way I like to say it, to quote Larry Moyer, our lives should be a thank you back to Christ, mm-hmm. not to earn merit, not to earn gifts or salvation, but a thank you for all that he's done. Mm-hmm. That to me is a great way to think about a paradigm shift. Now that I'm saved, I don't live like crazy. Romans 6, 1, shall we continue in sin that grace might increase? May it never be. Right. All through that section, 6, 7, and 8. Don't live that way. So I don't want to be enslaved to sin anymore. I want to be a slave to Christ in uh-huh. the sense that I'm a willing, ready servant to do what he wants me to do. Mm-hmm. The fun part of that is as you live that way, you I don't want to overstate this, but you know you're assured of your salvation. You feel careful with that word, you feel the assurance of salvation because I'm living as a grateful Christian following and obeying him mm-hmm. and keeping short accounts of my sin, etc. Not living in sin. We talk about that sometimes. Mm-hmm. So this isn't exactly what she asked, but where my mind went and what I used to think about. So, you know, we're going to be living eternally in the new heaven and the new earth, whatever that means. And I would think through, well, how do we know sin won't occur again? And, you know, basically start us all back over from the beginning because Adam and Eve, you know, I, I think a lot of times we think about the new heaven and the new earth going back to the garden. At least that's where I think my it's head used to image, be. Yeah. And so, well, Adam and Eve, they lived in utopia and they sinned. And it was recently in studying in Genesis that I realized for the first time they really, they didn't live in utopia because the serpent was present. I mean, evil was present in the garden. And so they were tempted. Eve, you know, decided to make her choice and sin came in through the world through Adam and Eve. Satan will not be present in the right. new heavens and the new earth. So we have the sin nature and there's different theological arguments about the sin nature, the federal headship who inherited, you know, born sinners, you know, so forth and so on. But we are depraved at birth. We are sinful creatures. But Adam and Eve weren't. Correct. Yeah. 
And that's why he's called the second Adam, Jesus, because right. he's the only other person to be born without sin. Yes. So he did not inherit the sin nature. Uh-huh. So everyone post-Adam and Eve has the sin nature. When we are in Christ, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ mm-hmm. lives in me. The life in which I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. So Romans 6, 7, 8 says our sin nature is dead. Mm-hmm. But we struggle on this earth right. because we're still sinful. We're, yeah. When you die and cross that threshold, your sin nature is gone. Mm. It's removed. You're back to pre-fruit in the garden. Mm-hmm. I was just reading something the other day that was kind of fanciful about the garden. You would have had to, am I saying this is right? This one author said, for Adam and Eve to have lived in the garden, they would have had to keep eating from the tree of life. Yes. Or yeah. they would have died. Yes. And now God knew they were going to sin. There's no plan B. Right. And this is where it gets a little bit stupid to talk about these things, but we like to, right? Um, <laughs> Alan Ross, my Hebrew professor, said, if the woman, she's not named Eve, by the way, till after the fall, he says, if the woman had eaten the fruit and Adam didn't, yeah, God would have made another Eve. I mean, you think? Th- this is where these conversations right. get, get kind of crazy, but think <laughs> through it. He was with her. And what I think the theology there is he chose the woman over God mm-hmm. because she was the perfect helpmeet. Mm-hmm. There was nothing else like her. She was another human being. They perfectly fit relationally, physically, spiritually. Mm-hmm. This was, you know, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. Ish misha. She's out of me. Yeah. She's one of me. Yeah. Naked, not ashamed. Yeah. He just lost her. Yeah. I'm going with her, baby. I'm going to eat the fruit. So again, the rabbis go crazy with this stuff too. But point being, hmm. we can't force these kind of fanciful discussions right. on the text. What do we know? They had no sin nature until they willfully chose. Mm-hmm. Now that Christ has died in our place on our behalf instead of us, he has solved and paid the penalty for mm-hmm. that sin and sin nature. Mm-hmm. So now that we're in Christ, we're dead to sin but alive to God. When we die physically, we'll be alive to Christ without the sin nature. Mm. So that's the exciting part. There won't be temptation. Yeah. There won't be lust and, you know, money, sex, and power, mm-hmm. lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, both will probably like. We will be so fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ, we will want nothing. Mm. And that's hard for our minds to grasp because mm-hmm. we always want bigger, better, newer, yeah. more. Yeah. You get a brand new car, and in no time at all, you go, I wish I'd have bought that other new car. <laughs> I can't wait for the new model to come out. You get a house. This is the best house in the world. You have three children. This yeah. house is too small. We yeah. have to get out of yeah. here. We never are satisfied. Yeah. When you and I are in heaven. Total satisfaction. 24-7. Beyond. Yeah. It won't even be a comparison. It yeah. won't be a, oh, I miss this. I miss my dog, you know. Yeah. Well, if you've got a question for Dr. E, call us, text us, email us. The info is in the show notes. Ask Dr. E is part of the Michael Easley in Context ministry. You can find more shows and resources at michaelincontext.com. Ask Dr. E is produced by me, Hannah Seymour, mixed and mastered by Sonomorphic, and music composed by Jason Germain.